Yo, yo, Big Sky Breakdown, Coulter Nuana, as you can find Big Sky Breakdown, always SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is a standalone Big Sky Breakdown. You probably already saw and heard our Big Sky Breakdown from earlier this week with myself, Ty Gregorak, Brooks Nuanez, Andrew Houghton. My Blue and Gold Thursday with Dave Wooten from K-Sky Country. But Andrew Houghton worked at the Idaho State Journal the last couple years, covering the Idaho State Beat Pocatello, Idaho. Did a great job. Uh, that was sort of the, the bridge between his leaving from Skyline the first time and coming back to Skyline round two. And in the midst of that, he became a sports editor there at the paper, and he hired Jordan Kay. Jordan's from Arizona, and he came up to cover Idaho State. He's done a good job, done a great job, in fact, uh, since taking over that beat and uh, contributing with Andrew for a while, and then now kind of running the show there in Pokey. Montana State hosts Idaho State on Saturday afternoon in Bozeman, and Andrew caught up with Jordan Kay earlier this week. Thanks, guy. Breakdown presented by Alpine Touch. Visit alpinetouch.com. Get yourself a Grand Slam package, maybe some barbecue sauce. Sunflower seeds are always good. Alpine Touch, make sure your grill is always singing no matter what time of year it is. Alpine Touch, Montana Special Spice. And the Big Sky Breakdown, also presented by Blackfoot Communications. Next up on the Big Sky Breakdown, Jordan K., Idaho State football beat writer for the Idaho State Journal. To my old stomping grounds down there in Pocatello, when I came up here to work for ESPN Missoula, Jordan took my job there, uh, which I was super happy yeah. to see. We worked together for a couple months there at the end of the, the year in Pocatello. Jordan, thanks for coming on the Big Sky Breakdown. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andrew. Appreciate it. So we're probably the two guys who have watched the most Idaho State football in the last three years out of, <laughs> man, anybody in the country, and it's been... A, <laughs> A, a bit of a rough watch. So the Bengals starting this season one and five, of course, traveling up to Bozeman this week to play Montana State. Jordan, this was a team that had a little bit of hype coming into the season, not as a, a conference contender, but as a team who was looking to make a leap into the middle of the Big Sky Conference. They were two and four in the spring, but three of those four losses were very close. Mm-hmm. But it's been bad for them this fall. Jordan, just what's gone wrong for Idaho State so far? I think it's been a culmination of a ton of different stuff. But like you're saying, I there were fans and, you know, even I thought, hey, this is not an Idaho State team that's going to maybe win the big sky, but it's an Idaho State team that can at least show some potential and some hope for the future, especially, you know, I think Rob Fennessy has, you know, just one year after this left out of contract. Like, you know, this is kind of a big season for them. And just so much different stuff has gone awry. I think first off, you've got to mention that quarterback Tyler Vanderwall has been hurt now for the last couple of weeks. And so you're thrusting in freshman quarterback Hunter Hayes, which, you know, doesn't always lead to the best things. And he's already thrown seven uh, interceptions this season. And they've just been so turnover prone. And I think that's kind of the, the thing that I've seen so much from them this year is they've been in almost every game, barring the Nevada one, which, you know, that's a, a money game, doesn't really count. They've been in all of these games. North Dakota was a really good team. Um, Sacramento State's a really good team. Okay, maybe not the NAU, um, but even the Portland State, they were in that. And it's just turnovers keep plaguing this team. And it's one of those things where you're kind of, you don't know if it's just poor execution, some form of coaching. I know you've mentioned in the past, like this was a team that had tons of turnovers like 2019, 2020. And so that's one of the things. It's like they have talent and they've shown that. They showed it by beating, you know, number seven UC Davis. But, man, they just bite themselves in the, the foot just time after time. 
No doubt. I think part of the reason, I think maybe the biggest reason for that optimism coming out of the spring season was Tyler Vanderwall. So, of course, that's the first thing you have to mention with this team. Tyler Vanderwall (laughs) in the spring, there were still a lot of turnovers, a lot of interceptions, but he showed that he was able to push the ball downfield, open up the offense with guys like Tanner Connor, Xavier Guillory, and bounce back after those interceptions. I mean, he talked a lot about this when I talked with him in the spring. Just being able to come to the sideline after making maybe a throw that you shouldn't have made or even just a bad yeah. tip ball that ends up as an interception and having the mindset to come right back out there and keep attacking. I thought he was really, really good in the spring. I thought, you know, I ranked the quarterbacks in the Big Sky Conference before the season for Skyline Sports. I had him uh-huh. right up there. I think I had Idaho State's quarterback situation fourth or fifth in the league. Obviously, that yeah. hasn't been the case. What have you seen from Hunter Hayes? Now, Hunter Hayes is a guy whose dad played at Idaho State. I think Steve Hayes. He walked on and he walked on when I was covering the team from out of, oh man, some some place in Wyoming. I want to say Cheyenne, but it might have been like Cody, Wyoming. I didn't think he would be playing uh, this soon. What have you seen from him? I actually have seen a lot of good from him. I think he's a really strong arm quarterback, and he's called, I think they've got the nickname for him, Sticks. I mean, he's just this scrawny little dude, but man, is he tough. I, he's almost probably too tough. He, he likes to just run the ball a lot. He's a real dual threat option, but sometimes he just like puts himself in spots where you're like, this guy's going to get killed. He just jumps into like at defenders and, you know, runs the ball, like dives head, you know, they teach him to dive head first. So the ball's a little, you know, closer to the chains or whatever, but man, there's a couple times I think where, you know, he had to leave the game because he's like getting injured. And so it's just things like that. I think he almost puts himself in unnecessary harm sometimes. The other thing is just, just the inexperience. I mean, there's times when, you know, he just holds the ball for like four, five, six seconds sometimes. And so even if, you know, that leads to one sack, so he's been sacked 15 times already. And two, at least the fumbles, because these guys are just mauling him. And so he had two last week that really cost Idaho State. And it's just one of those things where uh, I think he has a lot of promise. But like you're saying, I mean, he was not supposed to play yet, at least. I mean, Tanner or Tyler Vanderwall is only a junior. He was supposed to have, what, two more years here at least. Um, Hunter Hayes, I kind of got thrown into a tough situation. And, you know, one of the things that's been interesting is when he's at his best, it's doing quick check downs or, you know, cutting the field in half or things like that. Just get the ball out of his hands as quick as possible. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he has a long way to go. And I think just a lot of that is just experience. Yeah, it's interesting because it's really similar to the situation of course, that Montana has gone up on uh, recently yeah. that we've been talking about constantly on the Big Sky Breakdown on Nuanez now. Your, your starting quarterback, who's an experienced guy, you know, a guy with flaws, but a really experienced guy and a, and a good quarterback at Cam Humphrey at Montana, Tyler Vanderwall at Idaho yeah. State, goes down, and now you're trying to bring a, a very young quarterback into into the game and modify the offense for his strengths, try not to overwhelm him, but also still score a bunch of points. So that's really interesting. I assume it'll be Hunter Hayes starting again for Idaho State this weekend at Montana State. Do you know, do you yep. have any idea of, of if T- Tyler Vanderwall will be back this season? And if so, when that might be? No, they've been pretty secretive about um, his health status. Uh, the more I the more, you know, Rob Fantasy talks, the more I think maybe he's got a shot of playing like the last, like the second to last game or maybe the last game, but it doesn't sound like his, um, he's just going to come back against Montana State or even the next week and get thrust in there. I think it's kind of a, a more serious injury than that. 
Well, that's tough, of course, for Idaho State. And uh, thoughts go out to Tyler Vanderwall, who's a really good good guy. I've, I've talked to him a bunch of times, of course, when I was down there in Pocatello. Talked to his family a couple times, so we wish all the best for him. That's not the only injury that Idaho State has had. I know they're they're way down the running no. back depth chart. I don't know if they've lost anybody on defense. What, what's the injury situation around this team right now? Yeah, the running back one's interesting because they uh, they lost Malachi Rango and Raiden Hunter, who was you know that was their one-two punch at running back. But I actually think that's almost a blessing in disguise for this team because in their absence, they've had to put guys in who have been fantastic. Uh, Benji Omayebu, um, who is basically a wide receiver, they've had to give him carries. Dude is unbelievably explosive. He's had like eleven carries for like seventy yards, scored in the passing game. And then you've got uh, Tevi and Ford who's out of uh, a really powerful high school in California, Upland. And he was a monster against Portland State, had over 100 yards rushing. On the season, he's got Idaho State's best average, um, him and Omayebu, for guys with you know decent amount of touches. And so I, I think that's actually kind of, you know, given some hope for this running back position going forward is like, okay, we've got these two guys in Ford and Omayebu who, you know, are really dynamic. And, you know, maybe if Rango and, Hunter come back, you know, there's different spots to put them. Defensively, you know, Connor Wills has, you know, been banged up a couple times this season and had to leave games, but um, I think they're pretty much set um, on that front, and I think they'll kind of be at full strength there. Yeah, Montana fans will love this. I mean, the running back situation is exactly what the Grizzlies have gone through as well. I mean, the Grizzlies are down their top three running backs with uh, Marcus Knight being out before the season, Nick Osmo getting hurt in fall camp, Isaiah Childs. We haven't seen much of him the last two weeks. They've had to turn to Xavier Harris. And like Omayebu, Junior Bergen, a guy who was a wide receiver in fall camp who was brought in to be a wide receiver, a freshman, they've had to switch him to running back. Just sort of eerie the similarities there between the injury situations between those two teams. Yeah, that is crazy. Jordan, let's talk a little bit about uh, a story that you reported a week or two ago. That this is this is a team that's been struggling on offense. Of course, we talked about the young quarterback. Sounds like Tanner Connor had some issues with the offense, and it's sort of a debate right now going around whether it's the scheme that's the problem or it's the execution that's the problem for Idaho State on offense. Which, when when you're looking at it, you know, is is it the coach's problem or is it the player's problem? Right? What's your take yeah. on that? Just from from having watched them. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think I can understand the coach's perspective of being like, you know, we've got, we're putting out a pretty good game plan and we've got a freshman quarterback who can't do all the things that are required to make this work. There's some user error in there a little bit. And I understand that. But then there's other times where it's like, I see Tanner Connor's point of view. I mean, there was a, a play against UC Davis that really got the Bengals offense going. It was a quick little six yard curl route to Tanner Connor. Um, he breaks two tackles right if he catches the ball and then he's a track guy i mean he was heck he's got like the big sky championship for you know hurdles he just wins the the foot race scores a 71 yard touchdown and it's plays like that where you're just like okay you've got a freshman quarterback just start throwing the ball short to your playmakers like you know start doing some bubble screens or just even long screen passes and trust that they're going to make a play and it, I, it just seems like they they can't find the balance in that and, and they ran the ball i mean they were down against portland state and still like ran the ball more than they were throwing it it just like some of that play calling stuff is a little bit baffling to me um, and I, I don't get it a ton I understand that you're with a freshman quarterback and can't do all the things you would like but all they did during the preseason was rave about these wide receivers and how dynamic and versatile and you know we've got five or six starters in our room and it's like they're just not seeing the ball enough and and that's one of the things where it's like okay 
you've had this scheme now for years on end, and I can understand Tanner Connor's thing. Like, okay, if you guys want to make a change, like I, I think the players are all open for that. Um, he wasn't saying like we want change or anything like that, but he's like, hey, if the coaches think that's best, like we're going to be all on board for it. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. This is the Big Sky Breakdown, presented on SkylineSportsMT.com. I'm Andrew Houghton, talking here with Idaho State beat writer Jordan Kay, who works for the Idaho State Journal. This is what was most baffling to me. I mean, if if you guys listen to this Big Sky Breakdown don't know, Tanner Connor is one of the biggest physical specimens, like one of the low-key, just greatest athletes in the entire conference. He's like 6'3", he's jacked, he was the Big Sky champion in track in the 60-meter hurdles in the last indoor championships they had. He, uh, in the spring season, he came back for another track season, he hadn't run track all year, qualified for the finals in the 110 hurdles at the Big Sky Outdoor Track Championships. He's, I mean, he's he's one of the fastest guys in the league. He's huge. He's probably, it's it'll be interesting to see what kind of looks he gets after his college career because he's a little bit stiff. I know his hands, he's still working on those. But man, just his his frame and his measurables are, are, are what NFL teams look for. So he's one of the best receivers in the league. You never hear about him because he's at Idaho State, but he's an incredible player. In the spring, they had nobody else catching the ball. I mean, they literally had Tanner Connor and four freshmen at wide receiver, and those guys played really well. I mean, guys like Christian Fredrickson from out of Rigby right up the road from Pocatello. guy like Xavier Guillory, uh, who spent a yeah. year at Air Force Prep before coming to Idaho State. He's out from, uh, he's from like the Spokane area, I believe, yeah, originally. Yep. Three-star guy coming out of high school, spent a year at Air Force Prep, came down to Idaho State, played really well, looked the part of like, you know, long, lanky outside guy, can go up and get the ball. Jalen Henderson, the, the the freshman slot guy, had a couple big games in the spring. And then before the fall season, they went out and got Jared Scott, uh, who played at Jacksonville State. He played with T- Tyler Vanderwall at Wyoming. So he's a guy with D1 pedigree. They went and got Oakley Hussey to transfer in, who was a guy who transferred from Utah State, where he was a safety, got him to transfer into play receiver. Shane Daly Jr., who I think was at South Dakota State. And you're like, man, yeah. if the freshmen build on this and these transfers are as advertised and Tanner Connor keeps up his pace, this, this is one of the best receiver groups in the big sky. And it just hasn't been that. What's, what's, what's been your take on that? It's just sometimes I just think that they just don't get him the ball enough. And that's such a weird thing. If I had a receiver core like that, I would almost like practically uh, abandon the run. It's like run the ball a little bit, but then really just try and set up your play action and just trust your receivers. Start throwing 50-50 balls. Start throwing short passes that make give your quarterback confidence, but then also allow your your playmakers to have a little bit of space to operate and you know make big chunk yardage. And it just has not uh, not really materialized like that. And and some of that I don't know if it's the play calling, if they're just you know really want to establish the run and get some of these things going. I also don't know if it's hey we've got a, a freshman quarterback in there, we can't do all these things. That that's part of the the thing that's been baffling to me too is you have so many of these receivers just throw them the ball, like just get them the ball, see what can happen. Especially because you know Rob Fennessy, he's an offensive guy. You know his time you know at, at 
uh, you know, in Montana and then at UNLV, wide receivers coach. I mean, his whole thing is the passing game. He, he knows concepts, knows route concepts, things like that. And it's just been really weird to see an offense that sometimes can't even pass the ball for 200 yards in a game, which they've done like two or three times this season. Um, yeah, I think that's one of those things where they almost – I don't know if they don't trust their quarterback or don't trust them to make throws or are scared about you know the receivers coming down with balls. It's been kind of baffling to me, um, like you're saying, and I don't exactly know the answer to it. Yeah, it's really perplexing. And and like you said, I mean, Mike Farrater, the offensive coordinator, guys in Montana will know him because he played wide receiver at Montana. He was yeah. assistant at Montana. He's one of those guys who's thought to be like one of the up and coming coordinators in the league. Another guy, Mike Farrater, I really like him. I think he's a really smart guy, but their offense has just been head scratching this year. And of course, you, you can't talk about it without mentioning that they're not playing the quarterback that they thought they would be playing with. Sure. But it's it's been one of the biggest question marks in the league for me so far this year. I think the other thing for me, is that in the spring, I thought I, I think that the offensive line has taken a step back from where they were in the spring. I think the defense has really taken a step back from where they were in the spring. I mean, they were... Yeah. The, the defense has been sort of Idaho State's bugaboo, especially, you know, for the last 20 years. Longer than that. But I mean, even when they were had good offenses under Mike Kramer that one year in 2014 under fantasy with guys like Justin Arias Tanner Guller throwing the ball when they had good offenses man that defense was always sort of their Achilles heel and in the spring I mean they gave up a lot of points but it looked like they were playing well I mean they were they were stopping the run on first down they were putting teams into more difficult situations I don't think there's been any of that in the fall I mean when Northern Arizona's third string freshman quarterback scores what did, he, what did they score 48 points on them I just don't think that's a that's a good look at all I mean what's been your takeaway from the defense so far and what should Montana State's offense expect this Saturday? One of the biggest things that's plagued Idaho State is they just can't get any pressure on the quarterback. I mean, this has been one of the things I know you covered. Byron Howd, who is, you know, a former you know, really good player at Boise State, he came into this defensive line room that has now had three defensive line coaches in the last, like, six months. And it took him, like, three games to get a sack. This is a, a defensive line, you know, that uh, they kind of run Idaho State under, you know, Roger Cooper, their defensive coordinator, run this, you know, probably like a four linebacker set most of the time. So it can be tough to get pressure, but then, you know, when you can't get pressure, you're just putting your secondary in these tough spots where um, opposing quarterbacks have five, six seconds to just survey the field and just wait for someone to get open. Uh, the other thing that's been really interesting is it seems like any team with decent route combinations are getting Idaho State safety or corner to have miscommunication. It's happened so many times this season where a corner thinks a safety's doing something or safety thinks the corner is doing something, and all of a sudden the receiver gets wide open and has a touchdown where there's not anyone within 20 yards of it. And so you, you look at things like that, and you're it's just kind of baffling a little bit. But, yeah, I think for, for Montana State, is I think they can run the ball as much as they want against the defensive line. And then, you know, if Idaho State can prove to you that they can stop the run, I think you're going to have a, a wide-open passing game. And that's what's kind of been the what's happened all season long is, teams realize, okay, we'll try and run the ball a little bit. Oh, you stopped it once, and now we're going to you know, just start attacking your secondary, and it's, it's just over. No doubt, this has always been the biggest problem for Idaho State's defense. They just they can't get pressure. I know Roger Cooper runs that odd front. 3-4 defense, and you ask the 
the defensive line to take up blockers and stop the run, and that's part of the reason why Connor Wills, the middle linebacker, has so many tackles because the defensive line is trying to soak up blockers at the front there, but they haven't been able to get, you know, they have the designated rush linebacker. They haven't been able to get pressure with him. They haven't been able to get pressure with the defensive line. I think that getting pressure on the quarterback is the single biggest thing that a defense can do in the Big Sky Conference and just in in football in general. That's a personal take of mine. If you are offering me a defense that was great at, at one particular facet, whether it's covering guys, stopping the run, I would take getting pressure on the quarterback as, as sort of my thing to do. They've never been able to do that. It makes things really difficult yeah. on the secondary, like you mentioned. You know, I'm writing a story about that this week. I, I talked to Byron Howe for 25 minutes yesterday about just his defensive line philosophies. What can you do to turn this around? What can you do to get more pressure out of that odd front? It's such a big question for them. I think they have like four sacks in six games. I went and looked at the stats. They're last in the conference in sacks. Really hurts all the rest of the defense because the secondary guys, who I think they've got some decent guys in their secondary, they just, they're having to cover yeah. for too long. It's 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 so difficult. Any guys to watch on that defense, though, who have who, who have stood out to you besides a guy like Connor Wills, who's just a pretty typical 3-4 inside linebacker. He, uh, he was a mission guy who went to BYU, yeah. transferred back to ISU, had a decent year in, in 2019, I think, filling in for Cody Graves a little bit. He's just a, a pretty typical 3-4 inside linebacker. I mean, he'll come downhill and stop the run. But anybody else on that sure. defense who you think uh, has played pretty well this year? I think you got to look at Jaden Dawson, their their cornerback. I think he was an All Big Sky selection last year, and, and he's been one of those guys who, if you can, you know, get him in a one on one matchup, he's usually going to win. I, he leads the conference in pass breakups. He's got nine. He had an interception against UC Davis in the red zone that was just huge for them. And that's one of those dudes where it's like, okay, you can give him probably about five seconds, and then it's like, oh, okay, we're going to need some help here. And that's been a little bit of the problem is Idaho State trusts Jane Dawson and another guy, you know, Josh Alford, who's another, you know, young quarterback to, to cover. And those dudes are really good, and they're going to make a lot of plays, but you give them too long, and all of a sudden there's going to be some miscommunication or some, you know, wide receiver that leaks out. Uh, but yeah, I think Jaden Dawson has the ability to, to really be able to cover some of Montana State's playmakers and then also has a, the ability to come up and make a big play that could possibly change the game or at least give Idaho State some momentum. Yeah, I love Jaden Dawson. He's a Juco transfer guy. I know that when they got him, Rob Fennessy was smiling like the cat that got the canary. You know, he said it to me multiple times. You know, I had I had other coaches in the league come up to me and say, man, Jaden Dawson, you got him, huh? Wish wish it was us. So Rob Fennessy was super happy about that. I know Jaden Dawson's a guy they completely rehauled their secondary coming out of the 2019 season because they lost both their starting corners and both their starting safeties. Jaden Dawson was a guy they wanted to come in and play right away. And of course, he's done that. The other guy on, on Idaho State's defense, I think just for if you're a Montana State fan watching the game on Saturday, O'Shea Trujillo, man, outside linebacker. Yeah. I think if he played for a better team, you know, people would be talking about O'Shea Trujillo a lot, lot more. I haven't watched a ton of Idaho State this year, but he plays not the rush linebacker, but the other outside linebacker spot in that 3-4 that they like to run. Just really smart, really athletic, a little bit undersized, but he's been around for forever and he does everything. I mean, they can bring him off the edge. You know, he can fill in the run game, stop the run. Good cover guy. I mean, the the play against UC Davis where he was was covering the flat and bailed and baited, you know, made Hunter Rodriguez think that he was covering the flat and bailed to the to the corner route and and baited Hunter Rodriguez into a pick. That was one of the greatest plays I've seen this year, man. That's that's just so smart and so athletic. There're not a, guy, a lot of guys in the league who make that play. I think he's really good too. And a lot of his yeah, a, a lot of Trujillo's stats, I mean, 
or a lot of his what makes him so good don't show up on a stat sheet. I mean, he's not going to have the most tackles on the team or the most interceptions or anything like that. But yeah, you just watch him. He makes intelligent plays, you know, time after time, and it always seems to be in the right spot that, you know, oftentimes just leads his teammates to make plays. And so sometimes he can get a little overlooked just in his uh, his stats. But man, his impact is probably, yeah, like you're saying, as good as anyone on that Idaho State defense. And a guy who's athletic enough that early in the season, I mean, when they were facing this crisis at running back, he was playing running back for him. He did that once in the spring, too, in the game they won against Southern Utah. Looked, looked great yeah. at running back, too. I mean, he's, he's a real deal athlete. Yeah. No, he's done that a couple times this season where he'll go in for a drive or two and play running back, and he'll bust out a couple runs, and you're like, really? Are you sure you couldn't play, you know, two sides every, every game? At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. Jordan K., Idaho State beat writer for the Idaho State Journal, joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Jordan, Coulter Nuana has asked me for 20, 15, 20 minutes with you. We're, we're going up on 25 here, but as always, a pleasure talking to you. Before I let you go, just the last thing for this game on Saturday. Well, I guess two more things. I guess from you, you know, preparing to cover this game, to watch it at least, to write about it, what questions do you have about Montana State? I mean, what have you seen from, from the Bobcats? I don't know if you've done any advanced scouting, but what questions do you have on Montana State? Their defense has looked unstoppable this season. I mean, do you see any way that they, you know, what would it take for Idaho State's offense to even stymie them a little bit um, to even have any chance of winning? Yeah, Coulter Nuanez and I were talking about this last night. Coulter, the usual host of the Big Sky Breakdown. I'm Andrew Houghton, just filling in for this segment with Jordan here. We were talking about, man, how many guys from Montana would start on Montana State's defense? And there are not a lot. I mean, Chase Benson, the interior defensive tackle, I think he's the best guy at that position in the league, aside from maybe Weber State's Jared Chase. Daniel Hardy, the one of the defensive ends, probably the best rush defensive end in the conference. I mean, the linebackers, Troy Anderson, one of the best athletes in the conference. He's a stud. The safeties have played really well. I mean, guys like Ty Okada, Jeffrey Manning, maybe the one weakness for that Montana State defense, though, as that cornerback, which brings up a really interesting point with stuff that we've talked about before. I mean, I think their corners are good, but they're playing a lot of young guys there. If Idaho State can get guys like Tanner Connor, maybe a guy like Jared Scott, who's like 6'6", transfer from Jacksonville State, maybe even a guy like Xavier Guillory in one-on-one matchups with those guys and give Hunter Hayes the time to find those guys, that could maybe be the one area where I would see Idaho State maybe having an advantage or at least being able to play Montana State even. Because Tanner Connor, man, we've talked about him. He's a tough cover for anybody in the league. I will stand on that. I know people are sitting here laughing at me because Idaho State's terrible. They're not putting up numbers. They're not scoring at all. Tanner Connor's as good as anybody in the league. Like, I'm just standing on that till I die. Like, straight up. Last thing for you, score prediction for this game on Saturday. Idaho State going up to Bozeman to play the Montana State Bobcats. What do you got? What, how do you think it'll end up? 
Uh, man, I think it's going to be be rough for Idaho State. Probably, um, I'm going to say 38 to 10, uh, Montana State. I just don't see any way that um, the Bengals offense, from what they've shown this season, and playing with a freshman quarterback, can do much against a, a Montana State's defense. It's the best in the conference. So um, I think it's going to be a rough day for Idaho State. But like you're saying, maybe, you know, if you attach some corners, you've got such great wide receivers for Idaho State. Maybe there's some chance to make some, some big plays to at least, you know, keep the game close late. No doubt, yeah. I mean, Montana State's been winning all these games against the the dregs of the Big Sky Conference, and I hate to say it, but Idaho State is definitely (laughs) in that category, or at least they haven't shown that they're not in that category yet. Montana State's been winning all those games. I mean, 45-7, 45-10, whatever I would expect it ends up around there on Saturday, too, although I would love to see Idaho State keep it close. Still got a lot of love for those guys down in Pocatello. That includes our guest here on the Big Sky Breakdown, Jordan Kay, Idaho State football beat writer for the Idaho State Journal. Jordan, man, appreciate your time as always that was great good talking to you you too thanks andrew appreciate it at blackfoot communications our mission is to connect people businesses and communities to their networks in montana and beyond through blackfoot sponsorships local ambassadors and public programs we support initiatives such as the emergency broadband benefit fiber deployments and community events For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. 